This podcast contains content intended for a mature audience and is recommended for ages 18 or older. Please be aware that the content may include subjects involving sex, drugs, violence, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. There will also be spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast updates and upcoming episode announcements. today's episode of smut decoded we are on fucking part three (laughs) of the words by ashley jane because nat and i cannot get enough of phoenix and lennon sorry heather (laughs) cutting that out do not cut that out (laughs) welcome to smut decoded it's your favorite smut lovers hey guys it's natalia Hey, y'all, it's Quinn. Part fucking three, guys. You're here part for it. We're here fucking for it. three. On our last episode on part two, we were talking about how Grams went to visit. Can I just talk about the phone sex real quick? We forgot about the phone sex. <laughs> we didn't forget about the phone sex. I think, okay, maybe we did. But the phone sex was really hot. That was hot. I'll be honest. I was so upset about George. I was so hyper-focused on George that I forgot probably the hottest phone sex ever. 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 We all know that Grams stayed the night. She actually takes Chandler's room. And... Which is in the very back of the bus. Everyone else is on bunks, but Chandler snores like a fucking freight train so he had the back bedroom to himself he snores like a freight train but he has to take a bunk phoenix says he'll take the sofa with in the front of the bus lennon cannot sleep she's tossing and turning she's playing on her phone she has her headphones on her phone vibrates and it's phoenix talking fucking nasty to her she doesn't want to entertain it but she does she definitely starts playing with herself. I'm like, go for our girlfriend. Then he video calls her. And he doesn't say anything. He's just, his big dick is in the screen. He's stroking it. I really loved when Lennon actually realizes that he's doing voice to text. <laughs> oh, yeah. Phoenix is saying all of it out loud. Wow. And I just like melted in my seat, well, my and then bed. She's probably a little mortified at the same time, knowing that anybody could hear Oh, yeah. Every word out loud. I was yeah. like, damn, Phoenix. Oh, he has no shame song. in his fucking game. He's stroking it. And as soon as he blows his load, he hangs up. Then he texts her and he says, you want to know how I know that you want it? She's like, how? He's like, because you never <laughs> hung up the phone. Oh, shit. It's like, mic drop. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> she, she didn't have nothing to say. I mean, because it's true. I don't blame her one bit. Now that we got that little tidbit out the way, my heart is pounding. That's right a way. Now. That's a pretty good way to start. My off. heart is racing. We need to start off our episodes like that every episode. <laughs> Listen, phone sex, courtesy of 
Phoenix and Teddy Hamilton. <laughs> Sorry, Heather. <laughs> Poor Heather. She's going to need to come on here to redeem herself. We get to a, a part where they're going to a show. Phoenix and Lennon, they're getting ready. They're walking out of the hotel to go mm-hmm. to the car. There's a man waiting for Phoenix. Lennon, in the beginning of the book, already got a little show of who Phoenix's dad is when he catches her sucking his dick at their house. But she never fully met him in person like this. Right. His dad is drunk. It's pretty obvious with the way he's slurring. He is there to ask Phoenix for money and pretty much tells him he owes him. He never charged him rent. This whole time, Phoenix is like, Lennon, go to the car. But Lennon does not leave. She's not going to leave his side. You know what pissed me off in that moment? What? Your dad, okay? Your kid is not supposed to pay fucking rent. Oh, yeah. That was just a sign his dad was just a deadbeat asshole. Yeah. And he's like, I kept you when your mother didn't want us. Just all this really ugly shit. Phoenix takes a lot of cash, throws it at him, says, fuck off and don't come back. That's actually a big turning point, too, for Lennon and Phoenix. Because in the car, she comes out and tells him about her dad. Lennon expresses to Phoenix that she believes that if Phoenix didn't give his dad the money, that he would go away. Phoenix then plays into his own insecurities. He goes, at least my dad was there. My mom wasn't even present. My birth mom was not around. At least I can say my dad was there, even though he beat the fuck out of me. Yeah. As they're heading to the tour, he admits to Lennon that he totally regrets hurting her at all. So yes, huge fucking turning point for them. Oh, and it even turns better in a little bit. Yeah, it does. I'm excited. Fucking yes. Yes. (laughs) When they fucking. When they fucking. We get to the halfway mark of the tour. So four weeks in. Four weeks in. They're in the green room. George is basically begging Lennon to kiss him. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) If you have to beg, then do just (laughs) give it. It's been weeks. Phoenix walks in and he drags her the fuck out of there. She's like, "What? where are we going? What are you doing? He's like, your job is to be here for when I need you and I need you. So come the fuck on. He dragged her onto the tour bus. This part is so fucking hot. Dragged her on the tour bus, bends her over the fucking kitchen table and fucks her. Just hardcore and hard fucking. No condom. He blows his load on her shirt. She wants to go change and he won't let her. But that was so hot. Because I was like, finally. Fucking finally. Like, he was like, take no prisoners. Bent her over. Pulled her fucking panties down. He told her when he was dragging her to the bus, he was like, I swear to God, if you don't get on this bus, I'm going to go find the nearest groupie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do coke off her tits and you're mm-hmm. going to watch me fuck her. He was not go. fucking playing around. <laughs> <laughs> oh... George's birthday. I have so many thoughts. Wait, I love this part. (laughs) Because she did not want to go out. At all. No. What's funny is that she was like, I don't even have anything to wear. And Skylar was like, I have plenty of clothes. And Lennon's like, bitch, you're like 10 times smaller than me. I'm not going to fit in your fucking clothes. Did you ever have that friend? Yes. Sidebar. 
Did you ever have that friend? Yes. Growing up. Yes. Where they were like, it's okay, Quinn. You could easily fit in this dress. Well, you could easily wear these jeans. Can I be honest with you? Of course. I was that friend. Oh, so I was bigger my entire life. So I I was was always the friend who people were like, oh, just borrow something out of my closet, Quinn. I'd be like, bitch, that ain't fitting. I was that fucking friend. I was actually very fucking tiny in high school. I was tiny. I was probably between a zero and like a two my whole entire high school. I've never seen a zero on a piece of clothing except at the end. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until my senior year. That's when I started putting on weight and I was probably like a four, six. But for me, I've never seen that before. So that was bigger. People bullied me when my senior year, I got to school and they were like, oh, she's pregnant. She put on weight. I was literally a four or six. That is not fucking big at all. But to be fair, with Lennon's size, we've established she's a 10, 12, 10 on a good day, 12 on a bloated day. When I was a 10, 12 in college, most of my sorority sisters' clothes fit me. I was in a house with 42 other women. I was not a fucking Greek bitch, okay? And, excuse you. <laughs> Okay, I have three siblings. I'm the only one of my siblings that did not go Greek. I, to this day, do not regret that choice because I... We will do another sidebar on that when we go live. I wonder if Bailey would have anything to say about this or any of our other friends. to fucking say. We'll table that for a live. But yeah, I was just wondering if you were ever that person because sometimes when I would borrow clothing, it would work out for me depending on where I was in my fluctuation and now, other times. older as an adult, my mom is that person. She'll text me, hey, what size you wear? I might have this that you can – I'm like, dude, leave me alone. You are smaller than me. My mom did that too before she passed away. I'm like, I love you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you thinking of me. I ain't wearing grandma clothes, okay? Like – My little sister, Tori, would think that half my clothes are grandma anyway, so she tells me. I I ain't taking grandma's clothes, all right? But thank you. Anyway, that was a long sidebar. Skylar was like, we have to go. It's George's birthday. And she ends up finding this really sexy black dress that has ruching. It was like snug-a-bug, but it fit linen. She had to borrow some of Skylar's shoes, and they go out. What's interesting is this. I love how Skylar makes a point to pair her with George in like the I picture. Hated it. Oh, I know. It pissed me off because he was trying to like fill her up under the fucking table. If she doesn't want to kiss you, what you doing touching her? Just give it up. I mean, but he was drunk. Phoenix is not having it. Knowing that she has to follow him, he pieces out. He's like, fuck this. She's like, I'm sorry. She looks at George. Knowing she's secretly relieved. She's like, I have to go with him. Oh, darn. I'm so upset. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) They're at the balcony area where they're looking over. They can see George from where they are. Phoenix comes up behind her. Because her dress was so tiny, she was not wearing panties. This scene was so fucking hot. It was. It plays into exhibitionism. Yes. Phoenix coming up behind Lennon while she's looking over the rest of the club. The balcony is this tinted glass. And that really plays into some expeditionism. I know we've had a lot of voyeurism, expeditionism conversations with our bookish friends. Can I just say something? Always. What? I really want to go to a sex club and (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to go watch. I like to watch. I would watch. You're making me think of Daddy Caleb in the mate games. When they're fucking, at one point she sees George, but he's not looking at them. He's not looking at her. He doesn't make eye contact with yeah. her. But <laughs> Phoenix is holding eye contact with him almost the whole time. As he's just plowing the yes. shit out of Lennon. He does blow his load inside of her. She claims it's because she didn't want to get it on the dress. Right. He could have definitely put it on the floor. Yeah, but... I know that's gross, but like... Now it's dripping down your leg. What's the consensual, non-consensual nomenclature? Is that called dubcon or something? I don't know. I get confused about... Okay, I'm so on the fence when it comes to consensual, non-consensual in books because... Every person that reads that is going to interpret it differently. She wanted that dick. Lennon would have dealt with Skylar's ass if Phoenix would have come on the dress. So I really wasn't buying the whole, oh, I didn't want him to ruin Skylar's dress. Bitch, go wash that shit. It would have been just fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She could easily go to the bathroom, put a little soap on it. You could. Yeah. You wash that shit out in the regular washing machine. You should have on the fucking... And then what if she goes and sits down? It's going to come out on the dress anyways. Right. Unless she goes immediately to the bathroom. We're overanalyzing. So, not buying fine. it, Lennon. Not buying not, it at all. No, not for one second. So that was hot, right? Hot. One of my favorite Phoenix and Lennon sex scenes ever. Not my all-time favorite. One of my favorites. When they all get in the limo, mm. George is pissed. If they go back to the bus, George basically tells Lennon, fuck you. He won't even give her a minute. He won't even give her the time of day. No. It's actually Phoenix that fucking steps in. That's right. And said, you can say your favorite line. I got to say my favorite line. Go ahead. Lennon rejecting you was inevitable. You begged her to kiss you, but she begged me to fuck her. That, okay, let me just say something. That line, that one line. Mic drop. Mic drop. Phoenix approaches him after they all get out of the limo. Lennon tries to talk to George. George is being an uber dick to her, which you know what? I get that you're hurt. Read the fucking room, dude. Dude, like she never wanted to kiss you. No, not even for a second. If we could all feel the tension through the book... Clearly everyone else saw it but you, George, okay? So take a seat. That's when Phoenix says that to him. I saw a TikTok video a while back. There's different variations of that quote floating around. Dude, it's a popular quote. (sighs) You've said that before, and unless you can find me another book where they say that exact line, I'm going to give Ashley Jade credit. It's not, I'm not saying it's a popular quote in other books. I'm saying her quote, this quote is popular. People use it in their TikTok. That's what I meant. She gets all the credit. On book talk where they're like, you're scrolling through on your for you page. Yeah. There's this man with the really hard voice. He goes, you begged her to kiss you, but she begged me to fuck her. Yes. And that was the first time I was like, shit, I got to read this book. Lennon Lennon and Phoenix become friends with benefits. And they start fucking. Fucking. All the time. Fucking. In the green room. He's doing shit in elevators. 
Those adjoining rooms at the hotel are becoming very convenient. Yes. They just fucking. They're getting back one night, basically about to fuck while they're walking into the room and they're talking heavy. Yeah, talking nasty to each other. They have a surprise in Phoenix's fucking hotel room and we meet Quinn. Hey, Quinn, 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 Quinn. Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone meet Quinn. (laughs) They don't know her name at first, but they're like, who the fuck are you? They think it's a crazy groupie fan. Lennon's like, call security. Phoenix goes to call security. And she's like, never mind. Oh, this was so funny. They couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. Yeah, and then she's like, call security again. The girl is, you can tell she's young. They're trying to figure out who she is. She was like, I'm your fucking sister. She's like, I finally found you. I found this picture of you and our mom from when you were younger. It was in a box on the floor in her closet. She was like, I've been trying to find you for years. I can't ever get in touch. Like, I can't ever talk to you. Security never wants to let me talk to you. Then Quinn she's, is smart as fuck. Yeah, Quinn, she is. Quinn is very smart. She's she, fucking funny. She's actually supposedly the minor that Memphis got pregnant. Right. That's when Lennon's like, wait, what's your name? She says Quinn Moore. And then Lennon was like, again, call fucking security. <laughs> Phoenix was like, are you fucking kidding me at this point? And she's also like, call Skylar, tell her in Memphis to come here right now, but do not tell her why. Phoenix is like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) They find out that Quinn was never pregnant. She used it as a way to talk to Phoenix. To try to get in. Right. And Phoenix gets pissed at Memphis because Memphis never told him about Quinn. They order a DNA test. They have to push it to make it come quicker. Quinn, her, and Chandler, the fucking banter between them two (laughs) is the fucking best. She calls him, I will get to this, but she calls him a fucking Colin Polyp at one point. (laughs) I'm just saying that. Yeah, he is. Cargo pants. They do start to notice Quinn does not want them to contact her parents. She does not want to go back home. And Phoenix is starting to notice the signs. She's wearing long sleeves. It's summer right now. As they've been on this tour, it's during the summer. We both live in the South. It's hot as fuck down here. I ain't wearing long sleeves. So she's wearing long sleeves. They were in Chicago. It could still get hot in Chicago. I'm just saying. It's the Windy City. (laughs) (laughs) they still have summer in chicago they're starting to realize that quinn is being abused by her dad Mm. yes her dad is a cop that right there is a red flag because i've said this before i'll say it again i have nothing against police force in every department of every type of career whether it's healthcare, police firefighters fucking president what Ever. There's always going to be the bad eggs. You can't help it. Her dad is the bad egg. They're, they feel like, okay, you can't tell him a police officer because he's going to be protected by his fellow fucking police officers, right? As this time goes, they start to really develop a relationship. Quinn and Phoenix are adorable. Quinn really starts to look up to Skylar and Lennon. Lennon. They let her stay on the tour with them. Yes. They want to get the DNA results back. They're like, look, 
we're not going to send you back to this unsafe environment. Phoenix lived through all that. Right. So he's certainly not going to send her back there. To show how close they're getting, it's super adorable. This is before they get the DNA results, but they're getting to a show. This is actually the show where his mom shows up. But this is before the show. They're walking backstage and Quinn is really laying into Chandler's ass, calling him a colon polyp and all this shit. And (laughs) Phoenix says, every time you manage to cut him down and shut him up, I'll give you $5. With him, I spent less than 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure Quinn made like 20 bucks. (laughs) <laughs> Chandler's like I cannot fucking wait are those results back yet I need to know if this is really his sister her character really lifts the mood and oh, so she is definitely a bright light on the tour she eats a lot <laughs> so she's getting the shit beat out of her at home she's not worried about basic oh yeah she basic fucking needs. Eats a lot. she's in fight or flight the whole time also, Storm and Quinn develop this little relationship because he'll lock her in the bathroom when she's talking too much. Like this Quinn right here, Quinn Morgan. Me, Quinn. <laughs> you, Quinn. She actually was hoping that Storm and the book Quinn would have a book later. I love an age gap. Yes. We are both in Ashley Jade's Facebook group. I think mm-hmm. it's Ashley's Angels or something. She said at least once or twice that As of right now, there are no plans for a Storm and Quinn book. I believe Quinn is 17, maybe, in this book. She's 15. 15, okay. It would have to be, unless we're going to push boundaries like other series where the FMC is under the age of 18, (laughs) we would need yet another Ashley Jade time jump to actually allow for that beautiful age gap between Storm and Quinn. This is what I'm hoping. We have the choice, then we have the words, then we have the consequence. Maybe it will be after the consequence because we'll have that time and the consequence. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. When Phoenix's mom shows up, my heart shattered in a thousand pieces. She's a fucked what? She tells the story to Phoenix about why she left Phoenix behind. She says, your dad wasn't treating me right. He abused me. He abused you. I wanted to keep us safe. Phoenix's mom met another gentleman. He was a responding officer to a domestic. She started seeing him having an affair. Her new boyfriend is like, okay, I can bust you out. I can keep you safe. Phoenix's mom thought this was the love of her life. Like, oh my gosh, this guy is coming to save me. Thank God. Phoenix's mom found out she was pregnant with Quinn. Her boyfriend's like, I can save you. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Here's the deal. You're leaving the little boy behind. Phoenix's mom described it as, I could either save me and Quinn, or I could stay there with you and your dad. We get the background on Lennon realizes that Quinn's missing. They spend a couple of days looking for her, and the Chandler's like, we got to fucking go. Phoenix goes to a dark place at this point because he's worried about his sister. While she's missing, they also get confirmation that she is his sister. They file a missing persons report. They just want to figure out where she is, what's going on, and that she's okay. During their next part of their show, Storm does show up. Storm walks up with Carrying Quinn, who is beaten to a fucking pulp. This was so 
sad. She refuses to go to the hospital. Her mom is the one that dropped her off. Thank God. Thank God that Phoenix yeah. and Quinn's mom actually did something decent for once. Phoenix goes and beats his ass. Oh, he does. Phoenix, Storm, and Memphis all go find this motherfucker. His name is Chad, by the way. Ew. Don't love the name Chad. I know. I've never liked the name Chad. Sorry to all the Chads out there. Hope you still support Smut Decoded. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix blackmails his ass after beating the shit out of him and says, look, you are going to leave Quinn alone. She's going to stay with me. Guyler called it extortion. But I think she was okay with it. She was. Sharp Objects as a whole had already stepped up to the record label for putting pressure on them to do another tour and release another album. They're trying to push more of their own original content. This was yet another sign to me of Phoenix coming out of his hole. Mm -hmm. Of Phoenix finally clearing the Josh fog and saying, look, I'm here and I'm taking care of business. I'm going to take care of my baby sister. During that time, he had also told Lennon that she was his first kiss. I know. It's so adorable. And they really start to open up to each other at this point. They, they do. If y'all remember the beginning of the book, Lennon and Phoenix play Never Have I Ever and Truth or Dare. And they do it again. If you remember, Phoenix thinks that she was stripping at Obsidian and it was never clarified. Lennon finally comes out and tells her that she was not stripping. Phoenix admits to visiting her at Dartmouth a year and a half after he left Hillcrest. He told her that he saw her with a guy, they kissed, she smiled, and he was like, she's happy. They're just letting all this stuff come out because Lennon admits to going to see Phoenix on tour. Lennon asked Phoenix why she stole her song. This made a ton of sense when they were talking through it. You mentioned your oldest son having issues with his dyslexia. If Phoenix can't read and write without a lot of help, or I guess mm -hmm. he can write, but if he struggles with reading. He does struggle with his handwriting too. If he can't do either of those things without an intense amount of help, how would he actually write a song? What's hard is that. She actually admits that she would have given him the song had he asked. I shit myself <laughs> when this happened. This was one of those, I can feel my saliva pooling in my mouth. I wanted to cry. Yeah. Because she said, Phoenix, I loved you so much at that point. I would have done anything for you, including giving you my song. I was like... Fuck. Right. At this point, they're actually going to Florida, back to Hillcrest for a show, and giving Lennon the day and the night off to spend time with her dad. They wanted it to be a surprise, but Chandler ruined that. He's just like... Chandler. Yeah. Oh, God. This was emotional because she gets there. She's hanging out with Miss Palmer, and fucking Phoenix shows up. She's like, how do you just bust up in here... I'm supposed to be off. You're supposed to be on set doing a sound check. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, I have a couple of hours. They say some dirty shit in front of Miss Palma. She drops a glass or a plate and it shattered on the floor mm -hmm. <laughs> because of some dirty comment Phoenix made. But I'll be honest. I didn't know at the time how I felt that he showed up. 
one side of me was like, okay, Phoenix, continuing to show up for your woman. Here's your redemption arc. Okay, that's great. The other side of me was like, give her a fucking break, dude. She needs to spend time with her dad. You're imposing on her space. So I was very back and forth on this this gesture. And she was trying to end it. He's like, I want my fucking 10 days. Mm -hmm. They had 10 days left in their agreement. And he wanted his fucking 10 days. Her dad wakes up from his nap and he sees Phoenix. He's like, oh, you're that rock star. You have an amazing voice. Phoenix thinks that he's actually talking about him himself, Phoenix Walker, but he's not. He <laughs> thought he was Aerosmith or some shit. Lennon was trying so hard not to fucking laugh. Lennon is doing something and she hears Phoenix in the room with her dad. He's playing sharp objects for her dad. And he's like... Did you write that? That's really good. He's like, no, your daughter did. Mm. Punch in the fucking gut. Phoenix gave her a gift that day because when he walks out the room and she walks in, her dad remembers who she is. Mm. He remembers Phoenix, the one who broke her fucking heart. He was like, I still don't like him. Why didn't you ever tell me that you wrote music? Can you play it for me again? They just spend that afternoon, that evening. He remembers her. It was just a beautiful moment for them. It was mind numbing. Then Phoenix goes fucking missing. I'm mentioning this because it's another hot sex moment. They can't fucking find him. The show starts in 45 minutes. Chandler's like, you need to fucking find him. She's like, I'm not working right now. He was like, well, you're never getting off again. She's searching everywhere, looking everywhere. She finally finds him at his childhood home, the trailer. He's pissed. He's emotional because him seeing Lennon with her dad really cut something open for him. He never had that. He was basically abandoned by both parents. When Josh died, he had such guilt from the car accident and one of his best friends dying even though he was a rock star and he had Storm and now he has Quinn, obviously, but it's like Phoenix spent a lot of time in a really dark place and feeling extremely alone. He keeps saying leave, but she doesn't. And he sets the fucking trailer on fire. I was always wondering, where's the dad? Obviously, they would have mentioned if he died in the trailer. I don't know that Phoenix would have... He wouldn't have murdered his dad. No, I don't think Phoenix would have done that. I think there would have been some sort of physical altercation if his dad Mm -hmm. was there and he still would have lit the fucking trailer on fire. But I don't think he would have just lit it up with his dad. Can I just say something? After he fucking lights that fucking piece of shit trailer on fire, he fucks the shit out of linen on top of the car while the trailer is burning. They can hear sirens in the fucking background, but they... Fuck like rabid animals. They don't care. No. That was hot. (laughs) That was really hot. That was hot. hot. We have to mention really quick. We already said how much they're fucking. And you alluded to the 10 days. I get my 10 days. They fuck right on the other side of Chandler's room. Phoenix decides to play with Lennon's ass. Love some ass play. Here for that. Thank you, Phoenix. He realizes at this time that Lennon trusts him with her body completely. She still doesn't trust him with her heart. At that moment, he really realized, like, I have to prove to her that I'm serious. There's also this one part, I don't remember where, 
it was, but I'm just going to say it right now. Say it. It's the one where he's eating her out against the door and Chandler's on the other side. He's like, have you seen Phoenix? She's like, <gasps> yes, this is one of the hotels. <laughs> yes. He must be in the lobby or something. Okay. I'll go down there. Let me know if you see him. She thinks he walks away. She starts getting vocal because Phoenix is going down on her. And all of a sudden Chandler's is like, what did you say? She's like, mm-hmm. I'm coming. She's really coming, like orgasming. So much. It's a good thing that Vic calls Chandler and he has to walk away. That was a really fucking hot point. Like that was hot. I'm coming. (laughs) Yeah, you are. So when all this is going on, we find out that Memphis is definitely having a baby for that reality star. Quinn is fucking obsessed with the reality star to the point where it drives everyone crazy, especially Skylar. Skylar did overhear them talking about how they're going to try and get Memphis to propose to the baby mama. Yeah. Lennon does not want to tell Skylar just in case it's not true. We get to this point where Skylar comes across some photos that were leaked online. It's of Phoenix and Lennon in the tour bus. It's some really hot pictures where she was riding him. They had some really ugly comments. People are just so nasty. It started, it really bothered Lennon, but at the same time, she was just like, fuck it. She felt herself going down that rabbit hole again, but she didn't do what she did last time. She did not ride on herself. She did not binge eat. However, Chandler does find out and fires her. See you later. And, You're yeah. gone. You did the one you thing. You do not get paid. She did the one thing he very clearly yeah. said that she Phoenix, wouldn't do. Yeah. Phoenix finds out and beats the shit out of George because they know it was George who did it. Nobody else in that tour bus would have done it. Phoenix is like, we got to get Lennon to stay and wait while I try and talk to Chandler. Quinn decides she's going to fake an appendix burst. She's going to fake appendicitis. She's like, Storm, you have to carry me. He's like, I'm not fucking carrying you. (laughs) She wants to be an actress when she gets older, guys. So he's like, I'm not fucking carrying you. She's like, my appendix burst. I'm in a lot of pain. In order for her to believe it, you have to fucking carry me. So he carries her. I'll do the rest. You just carry me, Storm. The whole time, she's like, I'm dying. Lennon believes her, and Storm is just sitting there like, for fuck's sake. But Phoenix does his magic, basically tells Chandler he knows he's fucking Skylar. Spoiler alert. Hold on. What? That still doesn't make any sense to me. Chandler has a small dick. I know I haven't read The Choice. There's nothing about Chandler and Skylar in The Choice. The consequence is either going to be done by Readers Take Denver or Wendy in the City. I don't remember which one right now. I will look. But so I it will be done in 2023? No. Oh, no. Shit. Yeah. She said it would be done by one of those conventions. So I'm sitting here like, how much background are we going to get on Skylar and Chandler? Because Chandler's a boob. I don't really care about them. Here's a legitimate question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think her and Memphis were fucking during the duration of this book? No. Not at all? Nope. Not the whole time? Nope. That's so sad to me. Yep. Because of how the choice ends and with Josh dying at the beginning of this book, I don't see that. You have to read the choice because Memphis is fucking angry with her. He has a reason to be. 
So don't, don't, I don't say it because I want to. I'm not. I, I don't think it. that they. And if they did, I'd be surprised. Now, could they have like maybe kissed or something? Maybe, but I think Memphis would have been the one to stop it from going that far. Wow. So she really fucked up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she did mention to Lennon at one point. Her and Lennon were talking, and she even explains. Memphis and I have issues, but I am Phoenix in that situation. Chandler apologizes to Lennon and gives her job back. Memphis and Skylar get in a fight. This part is actually really funny. They get in a fight because Memphis has said something about, oh, everyone's seen your tits. She was like, I'm pretty sure at one point you were one of those that love my fucking tits. He's like, people change. And they get shit-faced drunk. I do think it's worth mentioning In order to take away from the heat on Lennon and Phoenix, Skylar basically says, for PR, you need to go ahead and propose to Gwyneth. Now, to your point, I don't think that the big fight they had was specifically about that. No. But then once he actually does propose to her, poor Skylar. Yeah. She was like, I just need to get trashed. She still needs to do PR for him. And it sucks. (laughs) Skylar gets really upset. Skylar gets really upset. Her and Quinn and Lennon, Quinn doesn't get drunk, but Lennon and Skylar do. It's the next morning and Lennon says she wakes up, there's limbs everywhere. She said there's there's a foot here, a leg there. She said Skylar is literally spooning the shit out of her. Arms wrapped around her body. Yeah, she remembers Skylar flashing New York from their window. Lennon was like, I know I mooned people from the window. At one point, Storm and Phoenix had to go check on them. And she was like, I was trying to get Phoenix to do butt stuff. But by the feeling of how my butt doesn't hurt, I'm guessing that didn't happen. (laughs) Storm is actually balled up on the floor. He slept on the floor. They both slept on the floor. I thought that was adorable. I thought that was so sweet. Big ass Storm and And Phoenix just on the floor. He brings her coffee and... Everybody tries to take the coffee from her. Quinn wakes up and she falls out of the bed. Like, it's just a hot mess. <laughs> but Phoenix takes her on a date. He had a and whole thing a- planned. Yeah. She missed brunch because she slept in. The date is he brings her to the building where John Lennon lived. He could not go inside, but he brings her right outside where he was murdered. <laughs> And it's like, this is so romantic. We're yeah. standing right where my namesake was killed. Yeah, like, how <laughs> fucking morbid can you get? Phoenix gets frustrated, but then Lennon thinks it's cute. She starts laughing and they make out for a really long time. He's like, look, this is not only where he died, but this is where he lived. This is where he wrote music. I just can't bring you in the fucking building. They had changed it over to apartments or some kind of complex, yeah. but was a private resident. So he couldn't take her inside. Yeah. After this date, which props to Phoenix, you tried real hard. After this date, Lennon starts to prepare herself because she knows that she's going to have to say goodbye to everyone and to Phoenix. They are walking down the hangar. Everyone's all kind of lined up in a row. (laughs) I pictured one of those theatrical type movies where they have everyone all lined up. You know what it made me think of? What? I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back 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 again. again. Armageddon. I mean, that's fair. Armageddon. Did you wait? Hold on. Did you watch that movie? 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. I, am, I'm just I have sure. not seen ET. That that freaks me out. I don't like ET. Never seen Fight Club. Really? What were e. you just doing? ET phone home. Oh, you're frozen. Little... <gasps> okay. Everyone lines up. Lennon says goodbye to everyone. They all get on the plane. The plane starts to roll away. Fun to fact. Roll away. To roll away. <laughs> Phoenix did not get on the plane. Lennon's sitting there like, your friends are going to Europe without you. What are you doing? They can't leave for a tour without Phoenix Walker. Like, you are the lead singer. He's like, yeah, that's not our plane. Then he points to another plane. He's like, this is our plane. Our date's not over. His plan is to take Lennon home to see his house in Los Angeles. They get to Phoenix's house. And they do a little tour. I loved and hated this part. I want to hear your thoughts on this. He had the same setup of Storm's garage in his garage, including the futon. It was the same instruments. They were all set up in the exact same area. He even had the bloody futon. But it wasn't bloody. It wasn't bloody then, but like, ew. But he, the sheet was washed. We all know that period blood goes through sheets. Did he wash the mattress? It was clean, they said. Cause, Come on, uh, Miss Hygiene. I am surprised that you support this. Can I just say something? <laughs> so <laughs> the shout does wonders if you let it soak long enough. That's your, <laughs> that's your contribution. <laughs> I'm not done. Okay, I'm not done. So, hold on. I was waiting for this big rant revelation about <laughs> and hygiene. Get, and I get <laughs> shout just wonders. <laughs> Here's the thing about the thing. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> when she takes off the sheet and throws it away, the actual futon was black. Yes. But if the sheet was washed, <laughs> look. She made it sound like a goddamn murder scene when but she that lost. Might have, it might not have all seeped through. <sighs> this is the first time in the last year and a half that we've been talking. Other than the whole pen pal fiasco, this, this is, is the, the second one time. other time you have yeah. completely shocked me. I'm blown away. It actually didn't bother me that much. And I guess I'm surprised too. I'm a little shocked by that because anything that is germophobic, unhygienic, that is a big no-no. I'm not okay with this. And it can be the littlest things like... Like chum in the water. Chum in the water? Yeah, I was going back to does it hurt? <laughs> yes. Like that scene. Okay. But they were so like, many- her eyes are open underwater. There's chum. I'm like, there's fucking five-year-old period blood on this futon. <laughs> Shout does wonders. <laughs> Shout does wonders if you let it soak long enough. Or not also, period blood, hymen blood, whatever. Also, just a little tidbit for whoever needs to hear this. <laughs> Warm water. And Dawn dish soap works wonders as well. On Dawn furniture. dish soap is straight magical. On furniture, it works wonders. So you never know. I can move on with myself. Wait. Yeah. It didn't bother me that bad because he does okay. explain that it was washed. Lennon was grossed out 
She's like, is that As seriously? we all were. Our friend Heather literally complained the whole time during this book. <laughs> Don't edit this out. At this I'm point. that in too. <laughs> at this point, she even complained about the futon. Phoenix can't do anything right at all in her eyes. She was done. There was no redeeming it. I am accepting the futon as a rebellious act against Heather. The way that he set up the scene, he has burgers there for them to eat, which was reminiscent of their date. And the nostalgia of it all, you could tell that night meant a lot to him. I thought it was really cool that regardless of whether or not she would have eventually seen the garage, because had she not come on tour, how would he have even gotten her to his house? The likelihood was she might have never seen it, and he still had it set up like that anyway. So to me, that was another point in the, hey, Phoenix isn't a total asshat and redeeming himself column. I, I wanted your thoughts on the futon. Shout works wonders. That's my thoughts. Lennon did say they're having conversations. They're starting to have a little bit of back and forth and argument, if you will. Lennon basically tells Phoenix, look, you never actually were in love with me. You didn't love me at all. She storms off. She's going throughout the house. There was one door when they were on the tour that they did not go in. She ends up going in there. Phoenix has a piano set up and a bunch of papers are just sitting on top of the piano. Lennon starts to read these papers and realizes that they're letters from Phoenix. Letters from years and years ago. It was like two weeks after he left, then one month after he left, then two months. He did four months, six months, and I think he stopped at a year. A year or a year and a half because he remembers seeing her. We kind of addressed that earlier on. Once he saw her at Dartmouth, he was basically like, okay, she's not going to come after me. I'm, I'm going to let her go. This turning point specifically for me as a reader, I was completely in Phoenix's camp. He had fully redeemed himself at this point because once again, he could have never planted these letters because he never knew she was actually going to be at the house. They were just laying around. The fact that he took the time to write these letters, right? knowing his disability was huge. And this like warms my heart a little bit. In one of the letters, he actually said that he refused to sleep with anybody because she's the last person he slept with. He didn't want to ruin that. In the letters, he expressed his guilt. Yes. He was very much like, I can't believe I did this. He was questioning himself. I don't know that this was the right choice. X number of days since I lost you. This is where I'm at. It was very emotional to finally see what was really going on in Phoenix's head basically the entire time. Since you brought up Heather, I want to go ask Heather, like, I don't even know if you guys talked about it in our group chat. I want to be like, 
the letters really didn't do it for you because they and did I it for me. Her. She never brought up the letters. And I was like, what about the letters? Okay. She was like, he fucked up. This gets to a really hot scene because Phoenix oh, does find Yes. It. Starts playing the piano and he's eating her out mm. while he's playing a song. Mm. That was hot. That was really hot. At one point when he, she's about to orgasm, he starts to falter on the keys. He's eating her out while he's playing a song. This part was really hot because he starts eating her out while he's playing a song on the piano. He's going strong and does not fuck up at all until she starts to orgasm. That's when he starts to fuck up a little bit on his little piano magic. But that was really hot. If someone came on my tongue while I was playing the piano, I'm sure I'd fuck up too. Yeah. I don't blame him. Lennon finally, after reading these letters, lets her guard down. Her and Phoenix continue their night of passion in the bedroom. At this point, he has not convinced her yet to go to Europe. They both, in this moment, think that this is the last night they're going to be together. Phoenix ends up seeing Lennon completely naked. They just completely let go and really enjoy each other. They made love. They did. Other than one of my favorite couples from the Off Balance series, some of the sex and just straight passion throughout this entire book. Phoenix's just fucking mouth is so dirty and I love it. <laughs> I love that it's Teddy reading it. I know. <laughs> Teddy. I can oh, marry his voice. Get in line. No, I found him first. You did. You did find him first. You technically found all of the narrators first because I okay. was a boob and refused to listen to them all We're for months boob. at a time. While Lennon is sleeping, Phoenix decides that he can't say the words, so he's going to write them on her. He gets a Sharpie. It takes him a little while, but he writes, I'm sorry. He writes beautiful. And he writes something on her back, but we don't know what that is yet. I guessed. Of course, but we don't know what it is yet. <laughs> I, I do like the way she finds out. Oh, me too. Another thing, Heather did not like this part. Would you not wake up if someone was writing on you in Sharpie? It depends. If I just got fucked within an inch of my life, maybe not. <laughs> Sounds like a good experiment. Right. <laughs> You just never know. You, just you never, never know. fucking know. Phoenix then convinces Lennon to go to Europe. She's very hesitant. She doesn't want to give him even more days because for the longest time they were like, okay, we have 11 days, 10 days. Her dad is still doing okay. We don't have any reason to believe that he's not doing okay in this moment. They are at Wembley Stadium. Skylar has a whole outfit for Lennon packed up and ready to go. Lennon's go like, what the fuck? Because there's tags on them, brand new, her size. They're trying to hurry up and dress her before a certain point. She's like, why do you have these clothes? She just plays it off like, oh, I'm always prepared. That's when she notices what's written on her back. Yes, because the back part of the shirt was open. I picture it across Lennon's upper back in between her shoulder blades. That's where Phoenix actually wrote, I love you. Skylar sees it first. Once Skylar helps Lennon get changed 
and guides her up towards the stage. Phoenix then has Lennon singing in front of 90,000 people. 90 fucking thousand. <laughs> Might I add is that she's always wanted to know what it was like to be on stage in front of that many people. This doing is it, what baby she girl. Loves. Yes. This is this is it. Phoenix then goes on in front of all of these people to admitting to stealing Lennon's song. She's the one that wrote it. He took it from her. This is a very surreal moment for Lennon. Yes, she wanted to get Phoenix back, get revenge. But as time went on, she just wanted him to admit what he did and apologize. She did not want him to admit in front of 90,000 fucking people that he was a fraud. Storm and Memphis were pissed. Storm was especially pissed. Storm was like, dude, you said you wrote that. That song is what made them famous. Storm actually apologized to Lennon and was like, I'm sorry. Storm, he's so sweet. I do love Storm. So that was a big issue. Chandler was freaking the fuck out, just like he does with everything else. I actually don't think Phoenix thought this all the way through. He didn't. I think he was so inspired by the night that him and Lennon had in Los Angeles that he was like, I'm ready to do whatever I need to do to just get this shit over with and prove this to her because I'm out of time. Now that he's had her for these eight weeks, he realizes that being with her, that he wants that more than his career. Then he gets a phone call. She finds out that her dad had a stroke and is in the hospital. She hurries up and she flies back to the States to be with her dad. Mrs. Palmer basically tells her that they were in the kitchen. Everything was fine. He had a stroke at the kitchen table. Things weren't looking good. She told Lennon to get there as soon as humanly possible. So she went. Phoenix ends up showing up at the hospital. He abandoned his fucking tour. He probably needed to because there was a lot of things with the media going on, with Vic, his label guy in Memphis, and Storm were pissed. But he put Lennon first. He was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to Florida. I I need to be with Lennon. Somebody has to take care of Lennon while she takes care of her dad. When he gets there, he realizes that he's dying. Lennon felt a lot of guilt for that. Because for Lennon, she already had this stigma about feeling guilty for going on the tour and not Mm -hmm. spending time with her dad. And the eight weeks were over and Phoenix convinced her to go to Europe. So then she felt guilty again. She harbored so much guilt for actually choosing herself and going to do these things. Obviously, it wasn't Lennon's fault what happened to her dad. The timing was just really awful. I do have a small sidebar. It's kind of a sad sidebar. Oh, shit. I don't think I'm going to cry. My mom's brother, who will probably never listen to this because he's older, has had not one, not two, but this man has survived three strokes. Can I sidebar? You want a sidebar to my sidebar? Yes. Honestly, people who have strokes and survive them, the shit they go through, I can't imagine. He's a badass motherfucker. He, I had a close friend who had a stroke two weeks after she had uh, neck surgery. She had to learn how to speak all over again. My uncles were spread out over a period of time. He had to go through a lot of therapy for speech and yeah. motor skills. When we talked about Hush Hush, how much Grammy affected me because of the lung cancer and what I went through with my mom. My mom's brother had the stroke. As we were reading about Lennon's dad, I was like, oof, 
Here's another one just, that just hit me right in the gut. Phoenix asks Lennon to marry him once they realize her dad isn't going to make it. One of Lennon's dreams was for her dad to be present at her wedding. And they start arguing. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they're arguing in the hospital room because Lennon's like, I'm not going to marry you. You're crazy. Phoenix is like, no, we love each other. Your dad is here. Let's just do it. I have to admit, I didn't totally love this at first. It felt a little rushed, like he only did it at first because her dad was there. Then the second time I listened to it, when we were prepping for this episode, I was like, once again, Phoenix was doing something for Lennon because well, deep down, that's what Lennon wanted. I did think it was a little rushed, but at the same time, I thought it was sweet. I felt like after listening it to the second time, I felt like if they wouldn't have tied the knot there at that moment, they would have never done it. They would have never done it, ever. It would have I been always you. something. I, I love Phoenix before, but I love him after this. I really do. We both really struggled with Heather's reaction to this whole book, but especially after the night in Los Angeles, I was team Phoenix before. I couldn't have been more team Phoenix after LA. Like, I was well, done. I couldn't be more team Phoenix after he fucking exposed himself to 90,000 fans. Yeah. Guys, look, <laughs> we thought at one point Heather was really going to just even a little bit love Phoenix just a little bit. I'm saying Heather because Heather's the first person that really struggled with Phoenix. We got real-time reactions from her. So it's just kind of stuck. And it was recent. I would literally in the middle of the day get five voice recordings of her reactions of what was going on at one point i was just there was no there was no there was well, just no I going back as much as you and i agree i like hearing other i like aspects when people disagree yes yeah. because then we can talk about it with them and argue and stuff just like how pen pal was a happily ever after it was not <laughs> Actually, I'm going to post a story on Smut Decoded, and I'm going to ask people if they agree with or not. You should. And you should also ask people if they were Team Phoenix. That's a great idea, Nat. It's just full of great ideas. Always. After Lennon and Phoenix get married, I actually really fucking relate to this again. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer during this part. The rest of the book was really tough for me, okay? <laughs> Lennon struggled really hard with doing the funeral and arrangements for her dad. Absolutely. Skylar, on the other side, is having to work the PR. Phoenix is trying to address the song stealing. Quinn is asking Phoenix if she can go back to LA with Storm because she wants to take this acting class. That's why I wanted a book so bad for them because I'm sure that those two living together is absolutely insane. Memphis is moving in with Glyneth Barclay. Skylar's having to deal with all this shit. Poor Lennon is on the struggle bus with the funeral preparations. I had the same problem when my mom died. I literally could not. I wrote her obituary. I really didn't touch much else. My aunt and uncle had to deal with all of my mom's stuff. I just, I couldn't even bear to acknowledge it. So I really understood Lennon in this moment. Can I just say? You can always just say. 
Phoenix actually dealing with the whole PR stuff about the song. He was kind of just like, fuck it. He was in Florida staying with Lennon. Phoenix is just not really paying any attention to the song stuff. I love seeing this nurturing side of Phoenix. The husband side of Phoenix is so adorable. I love Phoenix as a husband. Oh, when he's like, I got to get back to my wife. I'm like, fuck yeah, you do. Hell yeah. She's in the same clothes for days. She's not eating. She's lost some weight. She's literally staying under her blankets. And he's trying. He knows she's grieving. At some point, he doesn't know what to do. So he enlists the help of Skylar. This part is so fucking funny. Skylar goes there and he's like, look, can you just talk to her? Maybe convince her to just get out the house a little bit. Maybe go on some walks with me. Just something. Something. Skylar's in the room talking to her. Phoenix is in the kitchen. He's saying to himself, maybe we just need to move out this house because this kitchen table is right here. She eats right here. This is where her dad had the fucking stroke. It's just depressing. Skylar comes out. She was like, the talk went well. She wants an annulment. You found that funny? Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh no, they finally found themselves. They're because married. How is this funny to you? Because Lennon and Phoenix, they're fucking dramatic. Like, okay, fine. they're arguing. <laughs> Skylar couldn't really say why she wanted an annulment. Like, he's like, dude, I sent you over here to try and make things better, and you come down and tell me she wants a fucking annulment. And P.S. Vic wants to replace your ass on sharp objects. He really doesn't give a fuck. He's ready no, to give it like, up. Meh, let him replace me. He's talked to Storm, and Storm had mentioned like they have interviewed or they're possibly interviewing someone that had potential. And he's like, I don't care. My wife is grieving. I need to take care of her. Basically, Skylar, she had one job and she failed. She was like, okay, I have work to do. I have to go back to wherever. Call me if you need me. I also thought it was interesting that Ashley Jade chose the word annulment instead of divorce. Because annulment is Catholic church. And an annulment completely erases it in the eyes of the mm -hmm. church. Whereas a divorce is just separation. You legally well, separate so from each other. Divorce is just the legal side of it. I didn't recall Lennon being overly religious. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, hmm. I, annulment. I do think, that's yeah, interesting. I, you know how hospitals, whether they're private hospitals or, or public, there's always some kind of chaplain, mm -hmm. some kind of priest. That's who married them, right? In the hospital? I got, okay. So when I got married, it was by an ordained minister, but I was not married by an actual priest. Okay. But priests are, it's the details again, Nat. <laughs> it was the hospital priest that married them. I did put priest in my notes. Yeah, yes. So it was a priest. Interesting. Yeah. I just, I, I was like, annulment. Okay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, and I thought that was interesting too. He was like, fuck this. <laughs> I think that's why I thought it was funny because his reaction, and she was like, you just get my fucking friend to come over here and talk to me. She took it wrong. She basically was like, you would be better off without me. I am miserable. I'm going to yeah. be this way for the rest of my life. He's like, good. And I'll be right here with you. I'm like, yeah. Fuck yeah, you will, Phoenix. Yeah. You fucking tell her. Just do us part, motherfucker. <laughs> I forgot to say this. With her hiding under her sheets and all that shit, 
he mentions like he'll go in and give her a protein bar or something. She'll just throw it back at him when he's walking out the door. <laughs> I can just picture Lennon chucking protein bars. Yeah, and he's just, he's just taking it all. He just wants to see her get better. That man loaded the dishwasher. This is some seriousness, okay? He did laundry. <laughs> he was domesticating. It was adorable. I loved, I loved husband Phoenix. Phoenix needed to get out the house. When he goes back, Lennon's fucking drunk. Lennon is drunk as shit. In the, he you, sees Lennon. her in the kitchen. He's like, ooh, she's out of the bed. She's in the kitchen. This is good. But then she starts trying to suck his dick. And he's like, wait, hold up, swole up. Like, you're what? fucking a dick. <laughs> hold up what? Hold up, swole up. <laughs> you never heard of that before? Oh. No. Power um, to Phoenix, though, because his inner dialogue, too, he was like, yes. I just want her warm mouth on my dick. This is great. Then he's like, time out. I can't do this. Damn it. Yeah. He's like, you're fucking drunk. So he does not let what? I love that she pukes literally everywhere. I don't know. Phoenix is always, it's either him puking, the bitch is puking. Like, okay, (laughs) Lennon is not a bitch. I did not just say that. But what's up with the fucking puking in this damn book? Everyone's puking everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Around dicks. Does Phoenix's dick just make all these people puke? Are they literally choking on it to where it's just making them puke? Actually, he he puked on the female. On the sniffle snacks. That's right. Yeah. The sniffle snacks. That's a good one. Yes. Sniffle snacks. Out of nowhere. This felt very sudden to me because immediately She fucking snaps out of it? She just snaps out of it. And I was like- what happened? I think it's like, because she finds out that he's giving up sharp objects, is giving him the boot. Yeah. And she calls Skylar, which, <laughs> hold on a second, Lennon, running out to the car. Okay, I'm sitting in my car. What's up? What are you doing? Why are you in your car? Oh, I was at Chandler's house. Bitch, what are you doing at Chandler's house at 10 it's o'clock at late night? As fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were just going over some PR stuff. Chandler doesn't do PR. He's got to do PR on the micro peen. Yeah. She confirms he doesn't have a big dick. So, Skylar, what are you doing? But also, Josh didn't have a big one either. It's just Phoenix. Memphis has a big dick. Oh, does he? Maybe when I read the choice, I'll find that out. Mm-hmm. But you always know there is no male main character that does not have a big dick in any books. Fair. They all had And all these cops. ladies can take it, apparently. Take it. Some of them can take two at a fucking time. Not in a different hole, in the same hole. What do they call it? DVP? D- yeah, double vaginal penetration. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant for the longest time. Skylar. <laughs> Skylar tells Lennon that Vic is going to replace Phoenix. He is actively interviewing singers. Not only that. But they are threatening to sue the shit out of Phoenix for multiple reasons. The canceled tour, all the money they made from the song Sharp Objects, and then all the money that they could have made from that. So he's going to get quadruple, triple sued. And Lennon's like, holy shit, I got to fix this. When Lennon talks to Skylar, she goes into protective mode. She's like, sharp objects isn't sharp objects without Phoenix Walker. That doesn't make any fucking sense. She was like, you know what? I'm going to sue the fuck out of Vic. He's going to wish he never fucking played this game with me. She goes into wifey mode. 
She wakes the fuck up. She wakes well, the fuck up. Welcome back, up. Lennon. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad because I felt bad for Phoenix. He was really trying to focus on Lennon's grieving. He was ready to just give it all up for her. But at the same time, Phoenix has never had anyone in his corner. Ever. His mom left him. His dad was an abusive fuck. The only person he's really had was Storm. Storm and Grams. But they can only do so much. He's never truly had someone there for him like Lennon was. Storm and Memphis felt like they were in an awkward position. Yes. Because if they sided with Phoenix, then Vic and the record label were also going to come after them. When Vic was interviewing this singer and trying to find this replacement singer, Storm and Memphis were like, we have to play with him or we are also going to be under fire. It was a very tough situation for everyone involved. It's funny because when all this is happening, Phoenix does call Storm to check on Quinn. At one point, Storm is like, dude, apparently his balls are congested. He can't have fucking sex because Quinn's in the house. He was like, look, Skylar's going to take Quinn for a couple of days. That's okay with you because I need to fuck. I need to get it all out of my system. Yeah. Phoenix talked to Quinn. He's like, hey, how are things going? She sounds really down and stuff. She says, I can't go to Storm for everything. He's not going to go buy me tampons or pads. He's not going to buy me female things. I have to go to Skylar. He's like, look, tell me what you need. I'll, I'll get it done. He gets her a fucking year supply of pads and shit shipped to her, her that day. <laughs> Talk about big bro status or what? <laughs> Did you need anything else, Quinn? <laughs> that was awesome. Lennon has her plan. Her and Skylar know what they're going to do. After that point, Lennon and Phoenix finally have sex again. It was hot. All of their sex. When is their yes, sex not, not hot? hot. Okay? I know. I know. We're always like... When we talk about these scenes, we're like, it was so hot. I know. I just want him to fucking penetrate me. I will sit on a piano. I'm just going to throw that out there. Phoenix encourages Lennon to create in her dad's room at the piano. When he does this, it made me think of two things. Number one, he actually legitimately wants her to finally open back up and start writing again because she does have a true talent for writing. He even says he had his time. This is her time to shine. Throughout the tour, she kept mentioning, oh, I used to write. It hasn't been able to flow from me really since he stole the song. She had Mm -hmm. that whole notebook full of things that she had written. She lost her muse. After he did all these things to show her, hey, I do love you. Hey, I am in it. Okay. Go create. Go be the woman you want to be. And I will be here every motherfucking step of the way, baby. Every step of the way. Now, as much as I love Ashley Jade, I was a little sad about the epilogue. I think I know why now, considering we have the consequence coming up. If it takes place after this, I'm hoping we'll see Lennon and Phoenix throughout the consequence. But the epilogue had me wanting more. I was a little disappointed. It's three months later. Phoenix is sitting at a bar and Lennon is actually on stage singing. (laughs) She's singing his song. He's like, wait, this song sounds fucking familiar. Then he like looks at Lennon. It's like silent communication. He's thinking, you little shit, you're singing my fucking song. She smiled at him and like, yeah, I fucking am. That was good. I thought that was funny. I just thought it was weird. 
that she was saying in front of 90,000 people, she has a beautiful voice, but then why is she singing in a fucking bar? He made it sound like there wasn't a ton of people there. If you're Phoenix Walker's wife and knowing who her dad was, as much as she didn't want to ride on anyone's coattails, she was going to get press for those two reasons alone. So where the fuck are all these people coming to listen to Lennon? I was shocked. I was like, this was extremely anticlimactic. I didn't love it. I don't know if Lennon wants to do it. Maybe she doesn't want to start her career in the spotlight of her husband. Maybe that's why she's starting from the bottom. But we don't fucking know that because the epilogue didn't tell us that. I know. I cannot believe we talked about the words for over three fucking hours. How long is that audiobook? Let me see. (laughs) Thank you for sticking fucking with us for three parts. Assuming you loved the words and you're still here. Yes. (laughs) This will not happen every book. The epilogue might not have been that amazing, but they ended up together. They were husband and wife, and that's what matters. Knowing what I know now about what you have said about the choice and the consequence. Yeah, I hope we see a lot of crossover. There's some cameos in there. I feel like sometimes authors will intentionally not write a beefy epilogue because then she would have have to stay true to it in the other books. Yeah. I've read several books that do that. Yeah. So if we're going to see them, that's fine. Thank you, guys. Are you going to say how long the audiobook was? Oh. (laughs) Oh, shit. 16 hours and 50 minutes. It's a long audiobook. Yeah. And it's a long book. The book itself is 672 pages. There was a lot of shit in this book. Thank y'all for sticking with us for three parts. We just loved it. There was just a lot to talk about. And a lot of detail. We hope y'all loved it. We loved it. If y'all didn't love it, <clears throat> Heather, <clears throat> it's okay. We're not always going to agree on a book. But we will see you guys next episode. Smut love. Smut love. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode on Smut Decoded. Smut Decoded was created and produced by us, Natalia and Quinn. If you want to chat with us about an episode or send us any book recommendations, join our Smut Decoded discussion group on Facebook. We would love to hear from you.